Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books. He's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And they also have a great newsletter that comes out once a month. I know because sometimes I'm a guest contributor <laughs> when, he, when he lowers the bar just a little bit. <laughs> he lets me write. Today, we, we're continuing our series on the armor of God. And we're talking about one of my favorite pieces of spiritual armor, and that is the sword of the spirit. And I love this one, Dad, because every other piece of, of armor is defensive. Like we're protecting ourselves from the attacks of the enemy. Now we get to fight back. This is this is us going on the offensive and piercing Satan where it hurts the most, is shouting from the mountaintops God's word and using it in a way that defeats him and causes him to flee. So that's what we're talking about today. But we're going to open in prayer and then we'll hit it. Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence and we know that all of the evil in this world and everything we see nightly, we're reminded of it when we turn on the news, the radio, it's all around us. This is of the devil. It's demonic. And the only way to, to fight it and to face it head on is in the spiritual realm. So we need the battle armor. We need the sword of the spirit to take on these demonic forces that are um, they're attacking our families. They're attacking our communities. They're causing us to be depressed and fearful, and we're not going to take it anymore. We're fighting mm -hmm. back. And that starts now. That starts today. We're taking back the ground that Satan has tried to steal from us and tried to intimidate us with. So today, uh, we just pray that you would give us the words to share this very powerful message with our listeners, that together we can fight in the heavenlies. We can fight um, in, the, in the spiritual realm, take back what Satan has stolen. And so we give this podcast to you in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we do come before you in Jesus' name. And by the power and strength of the cross, we know that Jesus won the victory for us. Mm -hmm. It's already a done deal. It's signed, sealed, and delivered in the blood of the Lamb. So we are already victors in mm -hmm. Christ. But in the meantime, in our practice down mm -hmm. here on earth, mm -hmm. we have to fight the good fight. And that means wielding the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have to know it. Mm -hmm. We have to unsheath it. Yep. We have to use it. And we have to be careful to take advantage of every opportunity to swing the sword mm -hmm. and to use it righteously in defeating the enemy. So, Lord, go before us in this broadcast. Yes. Uh, give Laura the words to say. Give me the words to say. And by your Holy Spirit touch the hearts of our listeners. And we pray for that all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Dad, what do we need to know about the sword of the Spirit and how do we put it into practice? Yeah, well, it is considered the only offensive weapon listed in the armor of God. It is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And that is a powerful, powerful weapon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God, like a sword, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, that's amazing. 
that the word of God is a sharp, penetrating spiritual sword. It was the weapon that Jesus used mm -hmm. in his titanic battle mm -hmm. against Satan uh, that we find in Matthew chapter four. Uh, three times the devil attacked him with temptations aimed at the lust of the flesh, mm -hmm. uh, the eyes, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Uh, three times Jesus parried those thrusts by quoting the word of God. And that's our model. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. Yep. How then is a Roman soldier's sword a picture of the word of God? Well, we're going to learn about that. Okay. And you wanted to say something. I know you did. Well, no, I was just going to say that it, it seems so when you talk about like quoting scripture, and I, we've mentioned this in other podcasts, you can't just think it, you have to speak it out loud and speak it with authority, speak it with confidence, because Satan can't read your thoughts. He's limited as much as he likes to grandstand like he's got all the same power God does. He doesn't. He's very limited. He cannot read your thoughts. So you need to speak it out loud, claim it out loud boldly. I don't care if you're in the middle of Walmart. Speak it out loud if you're feeling satanic attack. I've done it. I'll be running and I'll shout out a scripture. People think I'm crazy, but that's okay. It keeps them away from me. And, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yes, I would agree. I would <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, yeah, the, the whole idea of speaking out loud scripture, which means back up the truck. You've right. got to know scripture. True. If you have, right. if you if you don't know it and you haven't memorized it or committed. Unless you have a Bible handy, you've yes. got to have it committed to memory. That's so a there, super good a, point. There's a place for memorizing scripture. That's a super good point. And I don't, I know this is um, audio, not visual, but I will show you because we're doing a Zoom call. I started this mini little notebook and I just put in it powerful verses. At Once I fill it, then I'm going to go back through and memorize them. Have it yeah. at the ready. And then just, and then you, when you pray, Ask God to help you recall the verses that you've already committed to memory when you need them. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really a good point. Well, let's talk a little bit about the sword of the spirit. And uh, first of all, compare it to the sword of a soldier. It's called a gladius because the Roman legionary's sword lends its name to the gladiators mm. who fought with swords in the Roman Colosseum. Right. Uh, soldiers carried their swords in a scabbard attached to their belts. Uh, they may have also had a dagger or a spear. In close quarter fighting, soldiers would thrust with the shield and stab with the sword. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how they went about doing it. The sword itself, typically made of steel, approximately three feet in length from hilt to sword tip, had a horizontal handle protector mm -hmm. just below the grip and was razor sharp on both ends, both sides of the flat blade, thus permitting it to be used by either hand Yikes. in any direction. Yikes. So uh, a soldier knew he could not have a dull sword. Right. So they're always working on sharpening their sword. So it's razor sharp. Well, why is it called the sword of the spirit? The reason is because um, it is the Holy Spirit who uses the word of God to parry the thrusts of the devil. Okay. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God, aptly quoted, mm -hmm. like you said, out mm -hmm. loud, to block his temptations and to resist him. Yes. Remember James 4, 7, mm -hmm. exhorts Christians, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. well, how do you resist him? You use the sword of the spirit, mm -hmm. which is the word of God. 
A second reason the spirit is like a sword is it's persuasive as your words and my words may be, it's the Holy Spirit who in turn penetrates the heart and the soul of the unsaved yes. and convicts them of sin, righteousness, and judgment mm -hmm. to come. You and I can't save anybody. No. Only God can. So the Holy Spirit is God's weapon to pierce the hearts of the lost and bring them into a saving relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> Well, the word of God applied to real life. How do you know? Uh, first of all, do you know the word of God? If you aren't having a daily set apart time to read, meditate, memorize a portion of the Bible, uh, you won't be prepared for the attacks of the devil. It's like any soldier. You've got to go uh, to into battle with all of your armor on and with your weapon sharpened and ready or Absolutely. you're not prepared for battle. Absolutely. It's like getting in your car, not putting on your seatbelt. It can't protect you if you're not wearing it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he only flees, meaning the devil only flees when he's resisted using the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's the only weapon in our arsenal. So we need to know it. Hebrews 5.14 encourages Christians to become mature meat eaters, not milk drinkers. And so meat what's, eater, yeah, what's the difference? How do you get to the meat eating stage or, yes. you know, like the tofu eating stage for those of us that are vegetarian? I was going to comment on that the fact <laughs> that this is a rather repulsive idea to you, but meat eaters are mature Christians who know the word of God. Milk drinkers are baby Christians who live on the milk teaching of the word of God uh, from others. Uh, meat eaters are hungry for the meat of the word, something mm -hmm. they can chew on. Mm -hmm. Meat eaters, through practicing the word of God, have trained their senses to discern good from evil. And my, how we need that discernment today. Oh, because absolutely. When you think about it, so yeah. much of what is going on today and the narratives that are being proclaimed today don't square with the word of God. They don't. And I have gotten to the point, I think, you know, as awful and horrendous as COVID has been for all of us, the one thing it has shown me in awakening me to um, my complacency with a lot of things that now I won't tolerate. I can't stand bad teaching. I can't stand bad teaching from the pulpit. I can't stand it. Like, give me something to chew on. Give me something real. Yeah. Yep. Talk to me straight. Don't, don't bottle feed me. Give yeah. me something real. So I think- yep. You get to a, a place where you're just that that's just repulsive to you. I don't want that. I don't want don't sugarcoat it. Give me the truth. Yep. And if you don't know it, or if you've been you've been fed constantly from the pulpit a very lukewarm, uh, watered down gospel, mm -hmm. you won't know the truth and you'll be vulnerable and you'll be vulnerable to the lies of the enemy. Plus, your values are not formed. Right. You don't have biblical values. You've got cultural values. I mean, think about it. We are right in the middle of Pride Month. Mm. What is Pride Month all about? Right. It's Pride Month. And it's celebrating uh, from what the Bible's values teach an abhorrent, unbiblical, sinful lifestyle. And also it's a major distraction from other things that are going on. Like look over here, don't look over there type of thing. Yep, yep. And they've they've co-opted the word pride. 
Yeah. Uh, pride used to be <laughs> a word that uh, would would talk about uh, how well you did the job. Right. You know, you you have pride in pride your job. In a, a job well done. Right. Well, they've hijacked and, a lot of words. Pride, oh, rainbow. Gay. Yeah. Gay used to mean happy. So that's what I'm saying with the sword of the spirit in taking background that Satan has stolen. They stole the vernacular. They stole these words and we need to take them back. We're not tolerating this anymore. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, well, and that, that's part of my point. We need to be meat eaters. And there's a whole lot of Christians that are milk drinkers. They've been fed milk from the pulpit. They eat milk uh, on their own when they have, if they even get into the word of God. So they're very susceptible to whatever winds of doctrine come down the pike. Mm -hmm. And they're very vulnerable in that way. Uh, they're not discerning uh, between good and evil. They don't know the difference between what's good and what's evil. Um, and most of them don't have a biblical values to base good and evil on. So question, and maybe you're going to get into this, but let's say someone says, okay, that's me. I get it. I, I don't know. I struggle in that area. How do they get to a better place where they can say, yes, now I can identify um, the sugar-coated stuff from the real meat, the real meat and potatoes of, of the Christian faith? Yeah, there, there's a couple of things that you can do. One is you've got to get into the word yourself. You can't wait for somebody else to spoon feed it to you or to tell you what they think it means. You have to use uh, the Holy Spirit's discernment to, to understand the truth yourself. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be self-feeding. You can't, can't be looking for somebody else to feed you stuff. And then what I would say is a good expository preaching. And by expository preaching means taking a passage of Scripture and in turn exposing what it really means and how to apply it to your daily life. Mm -hmm. That's expository preaching. It's, it's the, the mainstay of the church and has been for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. uh, the church has depended upon good, solid, expositional preaching of the word. And uh, we don't get a lot of that nowadays. Uh, a lot of it is either cultural Right. A lot of it is uh, topical, mm -hmm. uh, but not real take not really taking people into the depth of the Word of God, uh, and they're not, you know, because that's the case, they're not going to be mature. Right, and when one other thing ties into the whole topic of the armor of God is to pray for specifically the belt of truth, that God gives you a discernment to yeah. discern between the things that he wants you to know and apply to your life and the stuff that's just noise. Yeah, it's just noise. Well, that's really a good point. Well, do you apply the word of God? It's important to know the word of God. and uh, But even that is not enough. Jesus asked, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the point of Luke 6, 46, where Jesus says that, the point is that knowing and doing the word of God are two very different things. Mm -hmm. There are many who, if asked, would say that they are Christians, mm -hmm. but whose lives are indistinguishable from the unsaved in the world around them. Yeah. The Bible calls them carnal or fleshly Christians. To the contrary, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. We're to be people of the word of God who live according to its standards, its values, its beliefs, and it's the kind of thing that informs us how we're to live as Christians. Yep. Well, uh, we are not without a weapon in our fight against the devil and his demons. 
We have the sword of the spirit, which is mm -hmm. the word of God. Mm -hmm. And with it, we can resist the devil and he will flee. We read it. We believe it. We live it. The word of God is God's blueprint for our lives. His love letter to us. He, in it, he tells us how to live the best life possible. I'm sounding a little bit like Joel Osteen, but I don't mean, I don't Dad, mean, I don't mean, to sound like, I don't mean to sound like Joel Osteen, but if I want the best life possible, it's not by having a lot of money. It's not by having a lot of possessions. It's not by having fame or power. It's by living according to the will of God as revealed in the word of God. Right. And two, as, as we draw closer to, you know, his return, the best place on earth you can be is the center of his will. Yep. You want to be found following him, obedient, faithful, fighting that battle when he returns so that he can say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If, if ever there was a time to get your life back on track or give your life to Jesus in the first place, it is now. And we will help you do that. If you've never done that before, if you're like, hey, this series is great, but I'm not even sure I'm a Christian. We would love to help you cross that line and cross that bridge. And Jesus is waiting on the other side with open arms. And it's as easy as ABC, because even a child can do it. I gave my life to Jesus when I was probably five or six. So I know that this is true. And it's pretty basic. A is admit you're a sinner, that apart from Jesus saving work on the cross, we're all destined for hell. So A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus is Lord. And C, call upon his name. And when he says, if you call upon my name, I will come into you and be with you and you with me. So it just, it's, it takes the initial step on our part to say, I need you. I know I need you. And then you pray the sinner's prayer, which my dad's going to walk you through. And then he takes it from there. He's waiting with open arms, but he, he's, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anyone. He's waiting for us to come to him. And then the saving work of the Holy Spirit takes place in your life. And it's an incredible, marvelous thing. Boy, that's really great. Well, let me pray for us. Dear listener, I know that uh, if you're wrestling with whether you're a believer or not, uh, you might be religious. You might call yourself a Christian, but you've never been born again. You've never been saved. Mm -hmm. You've never had the Holy Spirit do a transforming work in your heart. Well, this is your day. Mm -hmm. This is your day. And I want to lead us in what Laura referred to as the sinner's prayer. It's a very simple prayer. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I have been a great sinner, but I believe you're a great savior. Mm -hmm. I believe you came to die for sinners like me. I deserve hell. I deserve to be separated from you for eternity. But you want me. Mm -hmm. You want me to be with you forever. Mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. that too. I believe mm -hmm. in Jesus. I believe he rose from the dead for me, that he's the son of God, who is the second person of the Trinity. I believe it. And now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Dwell in my heart. Make me born again. Transform my life. Cause me to be heaven bound instead of hell bound mm -hmm. and make me into a new creation. And I will give you all the praise and glory for doing it. Mm -hmm. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that tells you right there what God's heart is for you. He doesn't want hell for anyone. 
He wants everyone to know him as their savior. And you can do that. And if you did that, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. You're part of the kingdom of God. And we would love to um, connect with you, hear your story, and send you some resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And we're just so grateful that you chose to spend some time with us today listening to Hope for the Hurting. You can find Hope for the Hurting on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor.fm, and also at hopewellcouncil.com. You can find all past and current episodes. And if you have any questions on this series or um, suggestions for future series, because we're always looking for those, you can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And speaking of which, Dad, what is our topic for next week? Well, the next verse in Ephesians 6 talks about prayer. Okay. And it goes right into, you know, here's all the armor. Here's your sword of the spirit. And now start praying. Get so on it. We, yeah, we want to look at prayer and the, the critical component that prayer plays in causing uh, the enemy to flee. Oh, that's good. That's good. I have a lot of questions about prayer. So, and if you have any questions about prayer, please email those to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com and Dr. Irv will address those in a future podcast. So now I'll close with this. I was thinking about this as I was studying for this particular podcast and God gives us each piece of spiritual armor in order to defeat the enemy and the dominion of darkness. And he has to keep his word because he is a God of um, integrity and he can't go against his character. So he says in Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So Satan's not going to win no matter, no matter what he wants you to believe, he's not going to win this. And 2 Thessalonians 2.8 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming.